My parents can't be spies. They're not cool enough. We are the Spy Fi Guys, and this is Spy Kids. Welcome to the Spy Fi Guys, where we cover spy facts, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Christian. And I'm Zach. Welcome back. And today we have a special guest. Hello, I'm Alana from Tuesday Night Gaming. Yes, my sister and fellow podcaster Alana is joining us and requested that we do this movie Spy Kid. <laughs> it was not on our radar, but considering we've been doing a lot of depressing subject matter lately, we thought we'd mix it up with a movie that defined a generation, specifically the late 90s generation. <laughs> I, I define the generation as a, as a bit... Uh definitory for this movie. <laughs> well, it certainly is a franchise that people know and will recognize the name of and yes. will think of when they think of spies. <laughs> well, I think so. The craziest thing about this movie is that Machete, the Machete movies are actually a spinoff of this. You know, it makes perfect sense, actually, because the director, Robert Rodriguez, was an action movie director mm-hmm. before he did Spy Cats. Yeah, this this whole movie is uh, it's really interesting. As soon as I saw Robert Rodriguez's name, like before the even the title, I was like, "Oh boy, I didn't know this was like made by legitimate action people." Um, <laughs> the the, the right, movie so. itself is not very actiony. I didn't think. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. I have some comments on that. <laughs> I guess later. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we'll jump right into the movie, and I can read you guys the IMDb synopsis which is very short. It is the following. The children of secret agent parents must save them from danger. That's, <laughs> that's the synopsis? That's the synopsis. Yeah. Wow, that skipped a lot of things. Yeah. So the premise of this movie that Christian kind of touched on in our intro is similar to that of the Marvel comic book and TV show Runaways, which if you're not familiar with it, the original idea by the author was... Every kid thinks their parents are evil, but what if their parents actually were? That's the premise of Runaways. But then in this one, it's like every every kid thinks their parents are just so boring. And what if they weren't? In this case, what if they what if they were? Definitely they touch on that. But these kids, I think the movie should have showed us more that Antonio Banderas and Carla Gugino were more boring. <laughs> Because they live in this awesome what? house on a cliff. Yeah, that house was sick. And their parents have these like awesome setups and chairs that roll back and forth. On yeah, but floor. they don't know their parents have that. <laughs> well, maybe. Even so, they have a sick house, a sick car, and they think their parents are super lame. They should have showed us. They should have showed us. Uh, I don't know. Some more. Well, more they did. They did. We just have to get to it. <laughs> just be patient, and uh, but remember that we talked about it, so we'll get there. Okay, anything you guys want to talk about before we just jump into our plot? Can we nope. just go through the movie? Alan okay. Cumming carried this movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so the opening is extremely Bond reminiscent. It just was, like the yeah. Whole movie. The opening <laughs> especially so. You get the music, you get the, uh, the uh, helicopter shot along a coastline. Mm-hmm. Which leads to our first question. Christian, where do you think this movie was set? I have no idea, actually. Like, I mean, so Mexico. Alana and I think Mexico. Really? You think so? You think yeah. he's a Mexican eight? Like uh, that Antonio Banderas was a Mexican agent, or that they just live in Mexico? Well, it's, Mexico. it's not that Antonio Banderas is a Mexican agent because uh-huh. you know you're not going to live in the country where you're from if you're on the run from your own intelligence service, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's and that's one of the things that gets me. It's like. Um, Again, this is a, so they worked for separate intelligence agencies, but we don't, we're never told specifically which ones. That's right. Like, so we don't know whether they're both on the run from their own intelligence agencies and work ended up working for the U.S. or if they worked. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I know. think it's designed to be not like non-political. Hmm. They just call them international spies. So, so we zoom in on the house where the the the. The brother character, Junie, is dealing with warts on his fingers. Mm-hmm. Yuck. Which is a recurring theme throughout the movie. <laughs> I, I just never had warts as a kid on my fingers. I didn't know that, like, 
I was like, why, how, why, and how do you get warts? I was like, did, was he just touching a lot of frogs? Was it what? Um, okay, so I actually did have a couple warts as a kid. Ew, gross. Now it's recorded forever. But uh, <laughs> they weren't caused by stress. It's like genetics. Ah, yeah. I think I had like one. Yeah, when I was a kid as they well. They would like appear on your fingers. I had one that like I used like a, I get like a callus when I was holding a pencil in school, and yeah. it like appeared there. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You just like pour stuff on it. I guess I had band-aids like he did. Mm. But he, but, he has yeah. words like all over his hands. It looked like Rorschach <laughs> from that one part. Watch <laughs> Clearly they, they're trying to imply it's like stress induced in this movie. Yeah. So, and then the, uh, the mom tells Carmen Cortez a spy love story before mm-hmm. they go to bed. Which is uh, very clearly her how her and Antonio Banderas, who plays the dad, met and got together. That yes. that whole sequence was great. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot, especially like all the different ga- like the gadgets of the gum, and then I also just like the uh, just the uh, what's her name? What's the mom's name? Ingrid. Her quick yeah. changes. She had a lot of good quick changes. Like changing <laughs> her hair. Mm-hmm. Changing her hair. The she flipped her jacket inside out. To have a different mm-hmm. color jacket, which I mm. always love that. <laughs> yeah, Antonio as far as spy Banderas, gadgets go yeah. in this movie, it's very grounded. Mm. What? Antonio Banderas looked like a Matrix character with his long coat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's an ex- that, Alana kept commenting how the clothing in this movie dates it very much to the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> and this is one example about how long leather coats were like the epitome of cool. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me they aren't? Do I need to change the wardrobe? <laughs> so I, another thing I noticed in the, in this, sorry, I was going to say no, it's something. okay. No, go ahead. Well, there's a part where she was like the, the, the woman spy had a mission to take him out. Mm-hmm. And Carmen says, you mean like take him out on a date? And, and she's like, no, I mean, kill him. And that same joke was used almost 15 years later in the interview starring Seth Rogen. And, uh, What's his name? The other guy. James, uh, uh, James Franco. James Franco, yeah. Yeah. Like, if, if you go and watch the trailer, they're like, we want you to take out Kim Jong-il. And they're like, oh, you mean, like, take him out on the town? <laughs> I'm not saying they ripped off Spy Cats. But that's I mean, I wouldn't lying. put him past that. <laughs> <laughs> what I was thinking, when Christian was talking about the disguises, that this is the first time where you have a tiny mustache <laughs> being a disguise. <laughs> Which is repeated many times throughout this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it never fails. I enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the last thing I have is sorry. No, as someone who's currently growing a telework mustache right now, I appreciate all the mustaches. <laughs> well, there, there are a lot of them, so I'm glad that somebody appreciated them that they made it for. And then the last thing I had is in their wedding, their wedding gets attacked by like eight black helicopters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Again, unclear who these helicopters are from or who and who exactly would be attacking them, but Well didn't didn't they go rogue? Didn't they like say we're not gonna work for our old spy agencies anymore? That's kind of unclear. It just said that they're gonna get married, not that they were necessarily quitting the game. Well she had a mission to take him out and she didn't accomplish her mission, so And neither did he. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's so implied, but it's never about. explicitly said. Okay. But I did like in that part where when you know they base jump off of the cliff out of their wedding, and they have heart parachutes, and then they escape in a speedboat that says "just married." Yep. Like I thought you liked that. Yeah, like they knew that was going to happen. <laughs> did feel very James Bond. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the real world, we have Antonio Banderas working, and he's wearing this sweater that looks like it's something out of the Cosby show. <laughs> I'm pretty sure our dad had a sweater. <laughs> uh, see, so that's just trying to hammer in that he's just an ordinary dad now. Yeah, yeah. so they got these awesome spy stations, and mm-hmm. his is like a normal desk for manly men, and mm-hmm. hers is like a vanity full of, of makeup. Gag. <laughs> Come on, movie. But she does have a chair that's like on railroad tracks that will like slide across the room. So that's those tracks which only appear when they're in motion; otherwise, they just disappear. Yeah. Nice. Uh, The next scene is the two kids are doing physical training, Mm -hmm. which I guess explains how they can do their spy stuff later. 
Junie slides off of a, uh, what is that? Monkey bars? Off of monkey bars, right? Because of his warts. His sister makes fun of him, and then he throws a weight at her. (laughs) Like a dumbbell. Oh, yeah. That was really violent. (laughs) Yeah. That really hurt. Uh, Junie is obsessed with the show Floop. 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 Floogly's. (laughs) Something. Floogly's. Yeah, uh, which stars? Wait, what's his name? Now I'm forgetting. Alan Cumming, Cumming. That's the Incredible the Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also in Goldeneye. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, and you know it's this weird like kid show with like this weird. I don't know how his. How would you describe his fooglies? Like mutated. I, I said they look like Power Rangers villains crossed okay, with Fraggle good, Rock. That's pretty yeah, good. That's I like that. Good. Okay. But yeah, yeah so, and earlier uh, when uh, what's the, Ingrid and Gregoria were talking what, at their like secret stations, you know, Gregoria noticed that or had like found a report that you know these agents were going missing, and it was mm-hmm. like the most recent one, uh, Donegan. And he compared a photo of Donegan to the newest Fugly who showed up on the show. And is like, hmm, they yeah. look pretty similar. So maybe, no. yeah. It's like, it's how like, would you to do that? Right? I don't know. <laughs> so, but I also noticed in the car scene, they have the show on while they're in the car. Mm-hmm. And of course, this was before they had t- you had TVs in cars. But it's like, you yeah. don't like your kid watching the you show. You had k- TVs in cars at that point. Yeah, not oh, no, I didn't have it, yeah. but they existed. They, but the only, technology existed. Like, yeah. Only like the coolest parents had TVs in their cars. I didn't Again, have one. <laughs> Cortezes were cool. Mm-hmm. Despite Except what they're not cool had. enough to be spies. <laughs> <laughs> I also but, found that um, the bickering between the kids in the car mm-hmm. and like earlier when they're doing like, you know, throwing weights aside, their bickering yeah. is is pretty realistic. Yeah, I thought that I have a younger sibling and. Uh, the bickering sounded authentic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't watch a lot of, you know, kid-related movies anymore, obviously. But I feel like mm-hmm. kids in movies are generally too mature. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was yeah. refreshing seeing kids who actually acted like kids. Yeah. More yeah. Like kids. Yeah. And the other thing that uh, comes up here that'll come up later is that Junie can mimic voices pretty well. Oh, is that what he was doing later? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was so unclear. <laughs> Uh, this movie's brilliant, Alana. It's like every little thing gets planned and then it comes back later. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez, this is your masterpiece. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, once they get dropped off, uh, there's the kid bullying Junie. And then you see Gregorio gets out of the car. He's like, oh, well, I'm going to put a stop to this. And then, of course, the dad of the bully is also a bully. And also, like, giant. If Like, like how tall is Antonio Banderas? He's... Not a short guy. Let's find out. You already ruined my belief that Tom Cruise is short. <laughs> let's take let's take away Antonio Banderas' height for me too. Height. He is five nine. Oh, okay. So like, my, so he's not okay. He's not short, but he's not you know like it's six not something. gigantic either. Yeah, he's yeah. like average height. Okay. So then that. So, but still, that like the height difference between him and the dad of the bully is significant. So he must have been a pretty tall guy. Yeah, or they could have used a camera trick, but yeah. it's really not necessary in this case. Yeah. So yeah. Junie has this fantasy where his dad. No, no, no. Antonio no, 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 so he fantasizes throwing the guy like a cartoon, <laughs> throwing him through a window, and all the kids like cheer. Mm-hmm. But it, but he, of course, doesn't do anything. And that, Alana, is what made me think when you were like, the parents aren't lame enough. That was kind of lame. You're right. true. That's true. It's like he needs like a power fantasy to like come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, well, the thing is that he could. He definitely could have done that. But, you know, he was like, no, we need to keep our cover. Could he, well, though? Because we don't actually see him fight later in the movie. <laughs> well, we don't We don't see them fight, but it's implied that they're really good at fighting. Honestly, and I was, we could get to this also later, I think they're not that good as spies. They get caught a lot. <laughs> and they tell us that they're super spies, but they seem kind of incompetent. They don't even realize Terry Hatcher is Well, they also guy. say they've been out of the game for a while. That's true, seven years. But we'll yeah. get to that. <laughs> 
Okay, so also in the scene at school, they're not at school for very long, but there's a scene where Carmen is like, oh my God, my brother's so annoying. He doesn't want to be responsible for him. Yeah. What was it? What's the lines like, you know, be responsible for Junie, teach Junie right from wrong, which is echoed later on. Mm -hmm. Oh, I I saw on IMDb that I I guess she's supposed to be 12 and he's supposed to be nine. Okay. I wasn't really sure how old she was. It was a little unclear. Yeah. But 12 seems really young to be ditching school and, like, running around the city. And going to Belize? Yeah. <laughs> well, that helps us identify where the movie's taking That's place. That's true, yeah. That makes it's sense. not taking place in Canada. No. <laughs> I, I always assume, like, Southern California or something. No, there are billboards in Spanish. Oh, that's tr- true. There are Spanish speakers in Southern California. Yeah, but... Mm. Well, it was filmed in Texas. We watched oh, the credits very oh, carefully. Yeah, yeah, there's a scene okay. after the credits. Did you know? What? Yeah. <laughs> it was All right, pointless. Well, let's talk about there. Let's <laughs> get there. Yeah. Okay. So then we cut to Floop's lair, and now the all-star cast shows up. We've got <laughs> Alan Cumming. We've got Tony Shalhoub. We've got Robert Patrick. It's like bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Hold up. <laughs> Mr. Lisp was Robert Patrick. Yes. Yes. Wow. I just if he's not in Terminator mode, I do not recognize him. <laughs> He's great. Well, Alana and I know him from the later series of The X-Files after David Duchovny leaves. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Mr. Lisp, as we stated, is played played by Robert Patrick. And his, like, army of goons is paying Floop to make them, you know, an invincible army. Mm-hmm. But instead, they get the Fooglies and Thumb Thumbs, who... I, I just love the Thumb Thumbs. I think it's... They're ridiculous. <laughs> Why would you make a, make a robot that's just all thumbs? I want to know how many drugs someone was on when they came up with that. <laughs> okay, apparently I saw this on IMDb too. Apparently, Robert Rodriguez drew a drawing of it as a kid. Ah, uh, okay. Also, they really just wanted to make that all thumbs joke. <laughs> it's a good joke. I mean, and also, when, well, remind me about this later. There's a great joke once they're captured with the thumbs. Also about thumbs. thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Floop is introducing his new project, which is Robot Kids who are super strong and can really, you know, and also can look like anyone. But unfortunately, they're missing something. They are missing their brains. They can't talk. Which Mm -hmm. honestly didn't seem like a big problem if you just wanted the kid to assassinate their parent. Well, it's like you're 90% of the way there. But Mm -hmm. as uh, Robert Patrick pointed out, they can't pose as children if they can't talk. Yeah. They just run in, stab, run out. It's like they don't, they don't even really need to infiltrate because we see later on that they can just fight everybody. No problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then it's not if you're doing a covert mission, if you're just doing complete, you know. Right. Yeah. If you want to do surveillance with the kids, they probably need to talk. Mm-hmm. So, Christian, did you notice in this scene that Tony Shalhoub, a.k.a. Minion, is dressed mm-hmm. like Dr. No? And all I did get a bit of a vibe of like Dr. No, Dr. Evil kind of like with the Nehru collar and everything. Yep. <laughs> Okay, just checking. So the plan- the parents are playing their mission, and this reminds me of The Incredibles. Yeah. Ah, I never the get- I, I didn't think about that, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, they took everything from this movie. Everything! <laughs> <laughs> when did The Incredibles come out? 2004. Ah, okay, alright, yeah, so definitely. But likely, they were already making The Incredibles oh, yeah, when this no, movie no. came out, because it takes, like, a million years to make an animated movie. But yeah, I just so. mean specifically about how the mom is like, I want to come with you, and the dad's like, no, and she's like, but I'm bored being a mom. And he's like, well, I'm bored being a dad. <laughs> <laughs> but I like yeah. in The Incredibles, the mom goes with him. Eventually, they both leave. They talk to Terry Hatcher about their mission while no, they they're driving. The uncle comes. Yeah. The uncle. Uncle. Uncle Felix. Yeah, to come babysit the kids. Right. Yeah. They get in their Ooh, little a, car yeah. that turns into a boat. After they drive off a cliff, hope nobody yeah. saw them drive off a cliff. Yeah. Except it immediately gets swallowed by this enormous submarine. Like, enormous. Yeah. That never comes back. That thing was huge. Mm-hmm. I guess not all the breadcrumbs come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, immediately caught by the bad guy. Okay, so I saw this movie, like, when it came out, when I was, like, nine. And I, for some reason, I remember liking the part where the kids are, like, running around the house and it's, like, opening, like, secret doors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't as mind-blowing as an adult. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Uncle Felix is like, psych, 
takes off mustache. I'm not your uncle. Again, mustache is the only disguise you need. They find the panic room. They get these huge backpacks full of stuff. They get attacked by thumb phones that are like in like disguise. <laughs> I mean, they're still they clearly so recognizable. Thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> Felix, and, and Felix does a really good job fighting them. He fights yeah. like four of them at the same time. Yeah. And that then the, awesome. the kids manage to escape through funny means. Mm-hmm. You know, she, the kid brother almost kills sister. Ha ha ha. Clarity ensues. They, yeah. They go, they escape on a boat and the brother almost falls off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zach liked the part where uh, after they kind of settle into the thing, this, so Carmen immediately falls asleep. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, it's the morning. They just woke up. <laughs> also, this part reminded me of Star Wars Episode One, where they go on the uh, the Boonta oh. through the planet core. <laughs> <laughs> they also like wear. Wow, like, I would not have thought of that. <laughs> oh, the Boonta is the name of the pod race. You're thinking of the. Uh, oh. What is it? Star Wars what trivia question. <laughs> a bongo. Oh, no. Yes. Um, Something like that. What are you talking about? Oof. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't think of it. <laughs> Come on. In episode one, when they go through the planet cord, they're like, we'll spare you a bongo. Maybe bongo. not a bongo. Uh, 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 something like that. No, I don't no. think it's a bongo. <laughs> is that like, All it's right. always a bigger fish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is it's always a bigger fish. <laughs> But then the uh, this little submarine is awesome. It has toilets. It has microwaves. It has all kinds of cool it stuff. Has, like, it has like a little like place to sleep that isn't where the sister was sleeping. It's like a small <laughs> part. Yeah. Yeah. They also like they get in the thing. The top opens and suddenly they're wearing life jackets. <laughs> and then they come back down and they're not wearing life jackets anymore. It's like the bat pole from uh, <laughs> Batman sixty six. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so they get to the mat to the safe house. Mm-hmm. Carmen says her really long name in order to get in. Yep, and it's pretty dope, dope safe house. <laughs> yep, it's it um, bigger on the inside. Yeah, yeah. it has uh, a, a lot of machete stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So also like Batman sixty six, everything has a label on it that says machete made it. <laughs> <laughs> we That's also get some blatant McDonald's product placement. Yeah, and the rehydrator. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also from Batman. Yeah. Oh, from the movie, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but they're not there very long before Terry Hatcher and some some very cool-looking 90s spy (laughs) men come in. With leather jackets and sunglasses. And, and like, the same haircut (laughs) on all of them. Yeah, they look like Smash Mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Specifically the lead singer, but I once she says it, I totally could see it. (laughs) And then so just before they arrive, we also have a brief cut where the parents do their first escape from Fluke's lair. So Ingrid has this nice laser diamond ring. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as they're going through, they there's a trap door like puzzle piece that falls away. Gregorio like runs across it and jumps, and apparently there's glass on the floor, so he they didn't actually need to jump. Which is like what? It's so strange. But actually, they explain like, it because then they go to the virtual room. Psychological. Yeah. Yeah, everyone goes into the virtual room. It's like, why does that seem like a good idea? Because it sounds cool. <laughs> and so the virtual like- room's like a holodeck, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, just skip your plan about world domination and just sell that to everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. It seems like a better way to make money. Yeah. And then in the virtual room, they fall through a trap door into the dining room where Floop is waiting and, you know, says, you know, with your reputations, I expect you guys to come faster than that. Nice. Yeah. And in both this scene and the one earlier, it's becoming more and more clear to the audience that Minion is actually in charge and Floop is just his mouthpiece, more interested Mm -hmm. in his kids show than selling his army to Robert Patrick. So this is where my other, the other thumb thumb joke was. Gregory is about to attack Flu, but he said, "Nope, I snap my fingers, and my fingers snap you." See, that actually came off as pretty threatening to me. That's a good joke. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's good. It's a joke, but but it's also a viable threat. Sorry, what was that question? I said, "Are thumbs actually fingers?" Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like there used to be debate on that. Are are they digits? <laughs> our thumbs fingers. <laughs> well, what was the internet saying? Our thumbs, our thumbs, yes. Oh yeah. All right. 
Good. I'm glad we so, established that. In fact, fingers are numbered and the thumb is number one. What? Says yeah. who? So I didn't agree to that. An anatomy book. Oh. I mean, well, what if do they you know? Do like the Europeans that pursue the German style counting one, two, three, as, as seen in uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. You know, Alana and I just went to Germany and. We had opportunities to do that, but I didn't think of that. Uh, I did. When I was in Vienna, I did that. What, did anybody react? No. Well, I know I did the I did the the European style counting. Okay. I, I was going to try to ask people questions where I knew <laughs> the answer would be three to see if they would do uh-huh. it. But then I forgot. <laughs> Wouldn't they just tell you three as opposed to using their hands? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so what we find out here is that all of the captured agents uh, were part of a research team to create an artificial brain with a compendium of spy knowledge. And Gregorio was part of this. And, but he, you know, reveal anything about the brain. And we find that Uncle Felix, when he got captured, they transformed him into a Fugli as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty kind of dark. Yeah, right? Like, and we don't know at this point whether they can be changed back or not. So that's like, whoa, that seems yeah. drastic. Yeah. I never had any doubt that it would be fine. I mean, it is a kid's movie. <laughs> true. true. Yeah. So Terry Hatcher shows up. She knows all about Floop, what's going on. She wants the third brain and is revealed to be a bad guy. So there's a conspiracy within the OSS that's aligned with Floop. Yeah. Because the parents trusted her. She was their boss. Yeah. No, she wasn't their boss. She was like a money penny style person who was just giving information. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. But the point is, the, the point is, yeah. Floop has infiltrated their their society. Mm-hmm. So the kids escape with the use of a of jet packs. Called a buddy pack. Right. That can inexplicably fly through like mental commands, I guess, since they're just yeah, kind they of control that thing. There's no, there's no way. <laughs> there's no rocketeer helmet with a fin on it. No. Yeah. When Junie is trying to use one, he accidentally burns off, you know, Terry Hatcher's hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is uh, kind of scary, but she doesn't seem yeah. too bothered by it. No, yeah. not really. The jetpack yeah. chase was really good, if very green screened. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of green, green screen. <laughs> yeah. Junie's inability to hold on to monkey bars comes back. Ah. He gets dropped by, or like it's like she doesn't even drop him. He just sort of like wiggles himself out <laughs> to fall. Mm. <laughs> well, he, he couldn't. He couldn't hold on. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because he has sweaty hands, and that's why he has warts. Yeah. But then the kids do some real life spy stuff when they change mm. their outfits in the department store, and they get on the trolley and pretend to be have new parents. Mm-hmm. And the the oh, woman yeah. who they, they just sort of attach themselves to like doesn't react at all. She's so like, <laughs> oh, hi there, kid. It's like what? Yeah. You, okay, if some random kid comes up to you, just puts their arm in yours, like you're not gonna be like, "Who the hell are you, kid?" Well, maybe not in Mexico. <laughs> it was a more innocent time back then, I think. Alana, you also <laughs> had an observation about the people in the department store here. Oh yeah, like Carmen busts in on a jetpack, and yeah, and no, they don't react at all. And then and then the thumbs come in on jetpacks, and they they don't look up. They're just like <laughs> keep tapping. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, it was CGI. They had a shot of people in department store, and then they overlaid. Yeah, but they could yeah, have had people like running away or something. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that's probably why it happened. Yeah. Okay, so, so we, we get a brief scene back in the lair. The robot kids are revealed that they have like an army of them. Mm-hmm. And right? they specifically have Juni and Carmen robots. Yes, which they're going to send out. You use a kid to catch a kid. Yeah. Right. And at this time, we also find, you know, Floop is sort of, we have basically his whole entire opening credit sequence filmed in the virtual room. And he's like, no, something's missing. I don't know what, but something's missing here. And then, yeah, we we see that's part of what Alana said earlier about how he really cares more about the show Mm -hmm. than he does his plotting. Yep. Even though Minion tries to like refocus him, he's like, "No, it's number one syndicated. It's more important." <laughs> oh, yeah, there was a random like syndication joke in there before, which was like, "Syndication's not really a big thing anymore, is it? Like, that's not the goal of TV shows." Um, I don't know, because a lot of the CW shows really make a big deal of their hundredth episode, which is one that uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but come on. It's moving towards streaming now. The yeah. CW shows are like, they're like a relic of a bygone era. Kind of like a lightsaber. 
<laughs> okay, so the kids are in a park when they yeah they're hiding in plain sight. Yeah, and they they have an argument, and then they they kind of go their separate ways temporarily. Yeah, and also their like gadgets are all malfunctioning too, and they've like figured to like who the, who makes these things and goes looks at the back and another fine machete product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, their their robot counterparts show up. They mm-hmm. don't really fool the kids for very long. Mm-hmm. No. Though I do like when Carmen says to the to the double, why are you dressed like a geek? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you could have at least asked them to change their clothes before you said the robot kids out on the mission. Nah, they don't think of that stuff. Yeah, and also, I mean, I feel like even though Floop's, you know, the head of, or a star of a kid show, I feel like he doesn't know much about kids. No, I don't think any of them do. <laughs> That's almost like that's the point of the movie. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah. Okay. So then Robot Carmen like, like goes after Junie on like what what is it? A merry-go-round? But it's not a mm-hmm. merry-go-round. That's uh, like... that's what a, it's a old-fashioned merry-go-round is what it is. Oh, okay. I, I think that is that tech, the actual term for it, but it's not like a car- a carousel would be what we think of when we think of a mer- merry-go-round, but yeah. I don't know. They make you like vomit. <laughs> well, this one goes impossibly fast. <laughs> Super strong robot spinning it. And I like but, how after Junie gets off, all these kids rush towards because they're oh, I want to go that fast too. It's like, yeah, kid, get get you get a robot. See, <laughs> here's how you make money. You just make awesome playground equipment that breaks the laws of physics. <laughs> <laughs> so then we also get a scene where Antonio Banderas explains to his wife the deal with the third brain. Yeah. Ah, she didn't know about it. Spies yeah. keeping lies secret. It's what that's what spies do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh well, we kind of skipped over the fact that uh, that the third brain was actually in the safe house. Oh, it's, oh yeah. Terry Hatcher gets it. Oh that, yeah. Or, it's well, like who cares? <laughs> Is the, it's, the, it's MacGuffin. Yeah, the yeah. MacGuffin? We. I mean, it's kind <laughs> yeah, of important. Yeah. Also, doesn't he say that Minion was working on the project too? Yeah. So Minion will also. Uh, Alexander Minion is his full name, and he was working on the project as well. But he's trying to, you know, put uh, some of his own thoughts and ideas into the project, which would influence it towards evil. Yeah. Because you know, having Minion as your last name isn't any sort of indicator that you might be a bad guy in a spy movie. I do like how this movie predated the uh, the Minions, mm-hmm. like like <laughs> the oh, movie yeah. and, and the cultural phenomenon. That's lucky. With the flashback, Antonio Banderas is not only a spy; he's also a scientist, mm-hmm. complete with a lab coat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the third, the third brain is like this really advanced AI, you know, whatever. But then when they destroy it, he's ordered to destroy it. So he takes out this tiny little hammer and starts like hitting it with it. But not only does he not destroy it, he is a perfectly sized walnut to use instead. <laughs> is that what I missed that it was a walnut? That's hilarious. <laughs> and he just happened to have it in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> well, he clearly planned this beforehand. It's not like in the heat of the moment he decided he wasn't going to destroy it. I guess he is a competent spy who would have walnuts just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so me, so the kids go to Machete's spy shop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they, they take a cab there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Farman gives the guy every type of currency that they took from yeah, the safe good. house. It it's probably like $5,000. <laughs> mm, yeah. Least. So they go into Machete's spy shop and they learn that he's a war profiteer. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to say that, yeah. Well, he literally says, I sell equipment to both sides, yeah, good and true. bad. Yeah, Danny Trejo looks the same age here as he does when he's on The Flash like 20 years later. <laughs> he it hasn't aged like since this movie, basically. <laughs> so we also find, like, he shows off a bunch of gadgets, including the uh, world's smallest camera. And we also find out that he is Gregorio's brother. So he's Young. their uncle. He's his right. older brother, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And his attitude towards Gregorio is very similar to Carmen's attitude towards mm. Junie. Dun, dun, dun. It all comes together. It all comes together. <laughs> this movie's brilliant. I also like there's a line, the, you know, you're for family. You know, they're, he's your brother. Cain and Abel were brothers. Look how they turned out. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure that one's for the children. That one might be for the adults. <laughs> yeah. Also, so, it's like that thing where, well, so he shows Carmen and Junie this, this, this spy plane. And it's like, oh, this is the only thing they can get in there fast, them to, fast enough in time. But I'm not going to use it. I'm just going to show it to you. Yeah, that yep. was ridiculous. 
Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, yeah, he shows him the plane, and then he's like, oh, but you can't go, and I'm not going to let you go. Mm-mm. Yep. Maybe it's yep. like reverse psychology, because they're kids. It's not like being told what to do. <laughs> yeah. Carmen yes, tries so. to guilt trip him using their cuteness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at, later that night, Junie and Carmen, you know, get out of bed, steal a bunch of gadgets, and then steal the plane. And mm-hmm. Junie is supposed to read all the instructions for the plane. But he that, probably doesn't. Yeah, that was good teamwork by them, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one joke I love, by the way. Yeah. It's in spy movies, it's in sci-fi movies where they're like, here, learn it, and it's like this giant manual. And then the character <laughs> inevitably goes like, forget it, I'll just figure it out, and they throw the manual away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it never seems to get old for me. So they, but they're on the plane, they start fighting, and they crash the plane. At one point, they go into a death spiral, <laughs> but then they knock off the other wings, and then they don't. And this is the second time that one of Machete's gadgets, I assume that the sub was also Machete gadget, but like, it has apparently an issue with their autopilot because that happened with the sub as well or the boat. Oh yeah. Yeah. We need to watch the machete movies and see if he continues to maintain his spy shop in it. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling that he doesn't. Also here's where we find out. So I think it was the first time they got captured. Um, The parents are just talking about how, you know, one of their kids is still in diapers. Mm -hmm. Only at night. And the parent, you know, you assume it's Junie, but we find out it's actually Carmen. That was so strange. <laughs> but it, it's it's like, I don't understand why they put it in the movie. I guess it's to show that Carmen has some kind of issues that she needs to get over, too. Just like her brother. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to all Junie's multitudes of problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this point, we also see there's like an assembly line of third brains that look like they're just being, you know, 3D printed, basically. Mm-hmm. And we see them all get installed into all of the the spot, the robot kids. Right. So right. they're going to be an unstoppable army. Mm-hmm. So this, this whole factory that they have, it's like so they, they make the third brains, they make the kids, they make the thumb thumbs. It reminded me of uh, Rise of Skywalker, making all those Star Destroyers oh. from somewhere. <laughs> I thought it was going to yeah. remind you of Attack of the Clones where they're making all the droids. Yeah, machines oh, making too. machines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the kids drop out of their plane. They infiltrate the base using um, scuba gear. Alana commented that Carmen's scuba gear is pink because she's a girl. Yeah. I did not notice that. I did notice no. that somehow well, they're talking perfect. with yeah. the scuba gear on, although the way that those things are usually set up, there's no way you could talk with them. It's it's, it's, it's spy stuff. I'll take your word for it. It doesn't bother me. It's spy yeah. stuff. <laughs> One of uh, Machete's gadgets to uh, take out a thumb thumb, the electroshock gumball, which I thought was pretty cool. Except, do you have to chew it up before you use it? Seems dangerous. What if you need it to work like, and you don't have time to chew it up? So this is why the Mission Impossible spy gad uh, of the exploding gum is better, because you just need to smoosh it. You don't need to chew it. That Mission Impossible better. definitely has the best gadgets, I think. <laughs> Mostly because they don't always work very well. Well, they also don't want them to explode people in a kid's movie. That's true. That's why it's just electroshock. It's not yeah. I'm like, why don't they just throw it and have it electroshock? <laughs> eh, whatever. Alana also had a comment about the costumes here. This is why we take yeah. notes, oh. Alana, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Uh... <laughs> So so then after they take off their scuba gear, mm-hmm. the, the kid, the boy is wearing like a vest and a bow tie, which is mm-hmm. strange. But the girl is wearing like a very like limited to outfit from like the 90s. <laughs> like everything she's wearing. She's got these uh, black pants with like flowers embroidered on the bottom. And it's like gradient shirt and the choker. It's like time capsule. Like, did you have this 90s. outfit? Yeah. Wait, did I have it? No. Uh, I might have had the pants. I probably had pants that were similar. I think we all had gradient shirts in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. I seem yeah. to remember that. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. So there, Alana also made the observation here where Carmen is like the muscle and yeah. Junie is like the tech guy. And I was like, like spies in disguise. <laughs> it's like spies in disguise. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um but yeah, so yeah, Junie puts up a bunch of like that was smart of Junie putting up all those cameras so they can actually see all the hallways. Yeah, mm-hmm. they only so use it one time. Yeah, true, but they use it at an important time to find to see a bunch of thumb thumbs coming, and they 
oh, with the all the fooglies. Juni uses his like harness to go all the, you know slide down from the rooftop where they're hiding. Oh yeah, down, which I thought was cool. Yeah, and we were like, how do they not the notice that he's there? Because <laughs> no one ever looks up. No one looks up. But uh, they they do get jumped by a bunch of thumb thumbs. It doesn't yeah. work forever, which I appreciate. They run away, and then the floor falls, and this time it's not an illusion. It actually falls into a bottomless pit. Yeah, so, okay, I like the setup, but that, that gag's only for the audience, because how would the kids know that the parents encountered that same thing, but it wasn't real? Well, the kids, what, they don't have, like, a like in a one-hour memory? They don't remember that from earlier in the movie? No, I'm just saying, I'm saying, not no, it's for the audience, but not for Junie and Carmen. Like, it's, oh. it's a gag that... They wouldn't right. get, like, I don't know. It just, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, well, the, yeah. the characters yeah. in a comedy movie aren't supposed to get the joke. That's why yeah. it's not funny. But I did make an observation here. So Carmen falls into a bottomless pit, and she yells while she falls, find mom and dad. Not, not like, holy oh, shit, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> we have a confrontation between Minion, who has now taken full control, and the parents, and he turns Antonio Banderas into a flu. A fugly. Flu. A Fugly, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and he uses Junie's drawing that he had on his person to, to do the design. I want to make the point that this is like body horror. It's like the fly. It's like the thing. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah. Pretty bad. Minion, yeah. So Minion's taken over, and he contacts Mister Lisp and sa says, "You know, your army's ready. Come and get it." And this is when we see that, yeah, uh, Miss Gridenko, uh, Terry Hatcher. Is working with minions, so I'm not I'm like they seem to have like a like a romantic relationship. So I don't necessarily think that Floop has infiltrated the entire OSS. It's probably just Mrs. Grudenko. No yeah. minion. Well, yeah. So so no, minion, minion is the bad Floop. guy, yeah. and he yeah, and he controls Grudenko, mm. right? So yeah. the the kids meet Floop, and he decides to help them. Yeah. So Floop got put into the virtual room where basically he. I'm like getting a very much feet like how it's feeding on his own ego and he's just sort of trapped in there. That's yeah. why he's like enormous in the yeah. room. Yeah. Oh, I, like, I don't I don't think I picked up on that. That makes sense. I like Junie's talk with him in that mm -hmm. that room. Because uh Junie's yeah, kind of incompetent for a lot of the movie. So it's nice to see him being competent mm -hmm. and basically talking floop into helping. He's like, if I let you go, you have to help us. And he's like, What? He's like, no, do it, promise. And he does it. And does, and then he tells Floop what's missing from his show. It needs right. kids. It needs kids. Also, they use the electroshock gum again. Again, mm -hmm. use it like three times. Yeah, that's nice. Usually, like in a Bond movie, you have the gadget and you use it like once and then throw it away. This one, they actually continue <laughs> to use the same gadget. So that reminds me of a story of our our brother, Alan, my brother Matt, who's also on Tuesday Night Gaming. Hashtag plug. <laughs> is he went to see Skyfall with one mm -hmm. of his friends back when Skyfall came out and the friend was like don't you think it's a little convenient how every gadget Bond gets in the beginning he uses exactly once in the rest of the movie mm. and our, and that was like have you not seen a James Bond movie before <laughs> <laughs> also a lot of those movies film the Q season as one of the last well at least in the 60s and 70s that they used to film the Q season as one of the last scenes so that they could make up a bunch of gadgets as they needed them, and then film that scene later. Well, that's smart. Oh, that is smart. Mm -hmm. It's like running the camera backwards, but on a macro scale. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't License to Kill, I remember talking about this, that he got a gadget that he ended up not using. Yeah, yeah. It was like a laser gun or something? Okay, anyway. Uh, no, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the kids meet up with the parents pretty quickly and transform Antonio Banderas back pretty quickly as well. So Carmen and her mom have a scene through the <laughs> bars and Floop's trying to like unlock it with the keys and she just takes an acid crayon, great gadget, and just like mm -hmm. cuts through the bars to get her out. Cool. And yeah. so this is where we find out when she's cutting class, she's like going on ferry rides and going to Belize. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's yeah. her what a badass. That's <laughs> <laughs> what she wants. Yeah. And, but then the mom's like, do you not want to be part of this family? And she's like, no, I do. So I guess that's resolved. That's, that's her character development. Yep. Yeah. So, then, so we cut back to Minion and mm -hmm. uh, he's meeting with Lisp. And I just, I love like, so Floop had this ridiculous hand chair and Minion was like, I do not know how to sit in this chair. <laughs> I'm, Lisp, Lisp has the same problem too. 
Mm-hmm. You, yeah. like, you like can't get comfortable in it either later. Oh, yeah, that's where Floop does the voiceover. Like, there's a huge problem. Except in it's the not factory. Floop. Oh, it's not Floop. That's all Junie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, Minion gets called away to the, you know, Floop's office, and we find out that it's Junie mimicking Floop's voice, you know, cutting back that skill mm-hmm. from before. And they put uh, Minion in the Foogly Maker, and I just, I didn't, I think I only realized it this time, so, you know, it only works once you, like, go of the button. So they were, they didn't necessarily sit, you know, mean to, like, oh, we're definitely going to turn you into this. It's like, all right, here, hold on to this, and... It's like you know, it's like a bomb. Like you hold off, hold on to the bomb until it, ex- and if you let go, it explodes. It's right. like a dead man switch. Yeah. Well, also, the Antonio Banderas has like clay, and he like uses the clay to make something. It's so like is that it? part of the machine. Yeah, Fluke yeah, is yeah, doing is. that the whole movie. Yeah, right. That's yeah. why he was able to use the photo that they scanned to make it. Like it basically used clay or whatever to. Um, yeah, it like doesn't work unless you have like an end product. To kn- yeah. the machine doesn't know what to do, maybe. Sure. Okay. So, so meanwhile, Floop is working on at like this this com- computer. Not much to say about here, except he's like, "I hope I'm not too late." And then all the screens say, "Too late." <laughs> so that was funny. Yeah, so they need to reprogram all of the uh, all of the robots so that they don't carry out all their missions. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I I like the the screens all saying "too late." <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the kid robots come back for round two their counterparts oh yeah and then the only thing i have a a brief scene where it's fisk talking to minion after minion's been uh so first we get terry hatcher with her hair partially burned off Mm -hmm. wait wait are you talking about the the fight scene with the little kids so no no, no, there's there's another gadget when they're fighting oh yes i thought that was later you thought it was happening now okay fine we can talk about it now okay well (laughs) Okay, so they fight their robot counterparts again, and this time they can talk. And and the the robot car is like super mean to Junie. It's like uh, psychological warfare. Oh yeah, uh, yeah because like, they can talk like, now. Yeah, and she like punches a block, and it like <laughs> blows up. And then he tries to punch the block, thinking it'll work, and it doesn't. They eventually defeat them using cement, which is silly cement? string. That's yeah, silly, silly, silly string. Yeah, but okay. but don't they just tear through it pretty quickly? It yeah, like slows no. them down. Yeah, it yeah. slows them down. It's not stopping them. So I feel like the scene where Junie finally realizes that he has self-worth is like the emotional climax of the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so as we were getting at the scene with Minion and Terry Hatcher and Lisp, Terry Hatcher is like par- partially her hair is like burned off, which is supposed to be funny. I just found it like scary. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why she wouldn't just yeah. wear a wig. Or just have it all shaved off. Yeah. Right. I mean, she's a spy. I think she probably has wigs. She sort of looks like Sid's Barbie in Toy Story. Ah. Pixar movie. So then (laughs) also in the scene with Minion, how he has multiple hands. He has like two hands sticking out the side. If you look closely, he's very clearly wearing gloves. Yeah. (laughs) You can like see the gap between his actual hand and the glove itself. Yeah. Okay. So the parents and the kids. Wait. The parent. I don't remember how the parents get to the the control room, but there's an off-screen fight. They just run. They in. just get captured again. Yeah, right. they get captured again, but led to and brought to the main hall, but they easily get out of it. So I think even though they get captured a lot, they're very good at escaping. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a classic Doctor Who character. Yeah. So they beat up all of Terry Hatcher's Smash Mouth minions off-screen. <laughs> Yeah, well, it is. It's, I like the, it's a good setup gag. It's, it's, you know, he says, you know, kids, I don't want you to see this and close their eyes. And then you, I think you just focus. It's not, doesn't, screen doesn't go dark. You just focus on them closing their eyes. Right. And then right. you hear off screen all these sounds of punches and kicks and being, you know, pain. And then you have the, the parents just sort of there with all the Smash Mouth minions uh, laying down, falling down and unconscious. Yeah, but right. I kind of wanted to see a Robert Rodriguez fight scene. Yeah. Maybe it's like Indiana Jones where they were going to fight it, but then everyone was feeling sick. And they were like, this is how the kids close their eyes. And we'll, and we'll cut it. And yeah, so, so then, the family's all together. And then there's, you know, they see this rush of all these robot kids coming in. And so, and Gregor's like, all right, I've got it. I'll take, you know, the hundred on the, on the right. Ingrid, you take the hundred on the left. Junie, you take the hundred on in the middle center left. 
And <laughs> Carmen, you take the hundred on the center right. And Jun Carmen's like, that, that still leaves a hundred of them. There's 500 total. And in comes Machete through the window. <laughs> yeah, <Perfect> Machete. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I like how she's like, oh no, there's not enough people as opposed to, I can't fight a hundred super strong robots. <laughs> yeah, you can defeat one of myself. them. <laughs> and yet somehow you're okay with a hundred. Mm. So they're all ready to fight, but then the kids just show up and start hug and start not actually, they just ignore the family, but they start yeah. throwing around the bad guys. Mm. Yeah. Because Snoop succeeded in teaching them right from wrong. And so they're like, yeah, they're throwing around the bad guys. Not even, not like, a, like trying to you know attack them anything but just like throwing them up in the air like if they were on a giant trampoline basically and i like lisp is saying you know can't you do anything shut them down say like, nope they have they're, they're self-autonomous now and everything you say goes one ear in one ear and out the uh, other just like real kids am i right uh, <laughs> well and also had an observation that lisp's suit is very 90s as well <laughs> yeah well, it's, not, it's not just him there's a couple of people like minions also wearing a Suit, oh, when he have a suit, yeah. Yeah, and they're kind of baggy, and like the tie's kind of wide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the two nice. brothers make up, mm -hmm. Gregorio and Machete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't I guess we never learn his real name. Yeah, they, they don't remember what they were mad about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we cut back to, is it a few months later? Or is it an unclear is amount there? of how much? It's I unclear. think it's unclear how much time has passed. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. there's a news report on like these robot um these kid robots doing good deeds and like no one knows who they are except aren't these supposed to be the kids of yes. world leaders so wouldn't yes. someone recognize them yes <laughs> yes it's so it's so strange and do you think they're <laughs> yeah. gonna deal with that in the sequels no no, no. I, I do like in this part how it shows a robot kid pulling a firefighter out of a burning building <laughs> with one arm <laughs> yeah that was pretty sweet. And the Cortezes have a thumb thumb helping out in the kitchen, which I liked. Just because I yeah. like the thumb thumbs. <laughs> I guess you gotta do something and, with them. And then after, you know, the news report, it switches to Floop's show. And Floop has, it seems less weird and psychedelic and more an actual kid's show. And he has, you know, the robot kids of Juni and Carmen on the show. Do they still have that creepy eye glint? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and then we have... Devlin calling. Devlin, head of the OSS, calls you know with a mission, and mm -hmm. it's George Clooney. <laughs> so I theorized that George Clooney and Robert Rodriguez first, you know, they're friends because he was also in From Dust Till Dawn that uh -huh. Robert yeah. Rodriguez yeah. directed. Yeah, that's probably how they were able to get him. But yes, yeah, so, and he has like the, the censored bar over his eyes, and like at one, and so as he's giving them a mission. And Gregor, Gregorio and Ingrid think the mission's been them. And is when he when he, he's, they say that you know he takes the censored bar off his eyes somehow. <laughs> and oh, like, that's no, that's, this is actually you know for Carmen and Juni. Which is like cause, what? Because <laughs> they're the best agents they have, and then Carmen's like small people. <laughs> mm, maybe you know. <laughs> Carmen's like, if you want the Cortezes, you get all of them. Ah, oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the movie. That's, yeah. that's the movie. Although I wanted Wait. to go back for a sec because we skipped over it. When Carmen I... falls through the bottomless pit, she mm -hmm. lands in the floop, not floop, the thumb thumb making mm -hmm. area. Oh, the, the, the lady thumb. Yeah, yeah, the sexy <laughs> thumb thumb. It's so weird. I don't know why that was there. <laughs> it was like, they're like a thumb thumb society of like, like yes, women yes. thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. I didn't have that written down, but nice one. So, yeah. so then the uh, the credits yeah, has like a spy. Hmm? Yes, the there's a post scene. There's an after credit scene, but also the credits have like a Spy Kids music. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember how 90s. it goes. It's just super nineties. Yeah. Uh, so you want to describe the after credit scene? Oh, the after credit scene is just shots of the hallway in Flute's castle. It's just the hallways. That's it's like weird. The, it's like the camera on a dolly just goes through the hallway for like 15 seconds. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless yeah. there was something really subtle in there that we like missed. Yeah, mm. but I don't think so. All right. And that is the movie. So yeah. now it's time for Spy Fact versus Spy Fiction. All <laughs> right. So the only thing that we have for Spy Fact versus Spy Fiction is the OSS. So in the, in the movie, uh, if I remember, I think it's revealed in the second or third movie that OSS... Um, in this world, stands for Organization of Secret Spies. Super oh Spies. God. Or Super Spies, yeah. <laughs> super Spies. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> OSS in real life, though, stood for the Office of Strategic Service. It was the predecessor to the CIA. It operated in World War II. Um, but yeah, it stopped operating once the, uh, what is it, 1945, once CIA sort of got up and running. So OSS, as far as we know, does not still exist. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to think that in the, in this universe, it like just kept going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But do you think the CIA also exists, or is it just j- nope. it just stayed OSS? It's just stayed OSS. I think that's uh, a lot yeah. cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did we have favorite quotes? Yeah, we did. I can do mine first. Okay. So it's in the middle. Minion says to Floop, "You're spending too much time on the show when you should be focusing on our diabolical plan." <laughs> <laughs> the show is more important. <laughs> I don't know. Do you uh, have yours? Um, yeah. So it's kind of it's it's kind of like a I like the context of it. I guess where the kids arrive at Machete's store and um, they meet Machete, and he's sort of you know he's kind of intimidating looking, mm-hmm. and you know he says, "Oh, you know." You're, oh, you know, I'm your uncle. And Junie's like, our real uncle? Because you already got a fake uncle. <laughs> Very sassy. Did Felix yeah. ever come back, by the way, at the end? No. He's in the second movie, I think. Okay. By the way, apparently Felix is played by Cheech Marin. Oh, yeah. But he's, he's not of a generation that we would... We're yeah. not. We're not. I would not have recognized him. Yeah. Not, we're yeah. not a target audience for Cheech Marin stuff. Yeah. All right, and mine. Well, so I really like the one that we did at the, the, you know, the beginning. The my parents can't be spies; they're not cool enough. But I also really like the last one, the uh, last line in the movie: "Spy work, that's easy. Keeping family together—that's difficult, and that's the mission worth fighting for." Oh, you you love that corny stuff. Yes, I do. (laughs) I just wanted to say I don't know if there's like a wrap-up part, but they never resolve. What happens to the agents that got turned into Fluglies? You know, they don't. But in the second movie, uh, the one that Donigan, the one who's the newest one, yeah, uh, he, he reappears. So we assume that all of them get changed back. Well, oh, also, okay. and also for those of us who don't see the sequels, um, they turn back Antonio Banderas. So if they can turn back oh, yeah. one person, they can True. turn back yeah. others. Right, so, right, right. Okay, well, now it is time for our ratings on a scale of one to ten martinis. One being absolutely terrible, ten being really good. It is hard to rate kids' movies because we are not the target audience for it, but we're going to do our best anyway. Anyone want to go first? No. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, I... Wait, wait, what year did this come out? 2001. 2001, so I was... Well, that's not it. I was slightly above the target audience when this came out, but I did enjoy it at that time. And I still thought it was a, a lot of fun. Um, obviously, it's not your hardcore, hard-hitting spy movie, but it's a cute, fun movie. And I'm going to give it a solid 6 out of 10. Okay, I can go next. So I did not see it when it came out. So really? watching it yesterday was the first time that I had ever seen it. Though, of course, I was aware of it. Like I mentioned to Alana mm-hmm. that, how come they aren't wearing any armored suits? She said, that's the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, it, it held my attention. It didn't go on too long. I liked the adults in it. I liked mm-hmm. the all-star cast. There weren't that many cringeworthy moments, which often happens in kids' movies. So I will give it an eight out of ten martinis. Wow! It's a kids show. Mm. Doing it's a kids movie. I thought it was really solid. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I probably was most into this movie when it came out, being <laughs> nine or ten. I think I even had like Spy Kids like merch. I think I had like sunglasses. I think I might have even had like a spy, probably like an off-brand Spy Kit of stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was like really into Spy stuff. I, I don't remember you kid. ever being into it. I, I remember having a spy kit stuff with like like a decoder and like a flashlight. I had stuff. Whatever. Okay. It's good stuff. This movie, I really like um I kind of noticed more like adult stuff in, into it, obviously as an adult, but also because I knew it was by Robert Rodriguez. So you kind of notice more of his influence. Anyway, I liked it. I'm also giving it an eight. We made out of 10 martinis. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. You can find us on social media at the SpyFi Guys under Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Zach. And I'm Christian. And that's Alana.
right. <laughs> and we oh, are well. the Spy Fi guys <laughs> signing off. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Spy Fi guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. You can find our podcast on social media at The Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.